coaches, the seventh annual Legends at the Grove Basketball Coaches Clinic will be September 18th, 2022 at Walnut Grove High School in Loganville, Georgia. The clinic will feature some of the best basketball college and high school minds in the country. Coach Andy Landers, all-time winningest coach at University of Georgia women's basketball, <clears throat> inducted into the Hall of Fame and also 994 career wins. Gene Jordan, nine-time girls basketball, Georgia high school basketball, state champion. Kathy Walton, five-time Georgia high school basketball state champion at Southwest DeKalb High School. Jerry Finkbein, former Utah State and Oral Roberts women's head coach. Kobe Durden, the assistant women's basketball coach at Buford High School. Brad Barber, the youth curriculum director for Shoot360. Jan Azar, the head girls basketball coach at Hebron Christian, 13 state titles. Coach Pete Acock, legendary high school basketball coach. Coaches, you need to come. Uh, please all have links and barcode, QR codes out there for you to register. I have a special discount for you. If you register your coaching staff in the next seven days, I will give a special two-for-one offer for you to bring your uh, your coaches. It could be one, two, three. I can definitely give you a special discount. Please sign up within the next seven days. We're looking forward to seeing you at the clinic. All coaches will get a free lunch. Also, we'll have a concession stand available. Also, if you come early, we'll have a breakfast for you. It's it's a clinic that will last starting at 8.30, finish at 4.45 with the great coach, Andy Landers. We're looking forward to seeing you. Coaches, uh, welcome back to the Championship Vision Podcast. It's Coach Kevin Furtado again, episode 319. So I don't think I have as many as, as Kurt's probably been on and Mark Hart, I'm sure. But, um, hey, we're so excited. We're actually uh, – um, I started with this uh, – we're getting right, right ready to start our seasons, and shooting is so important in our workout. So we're going to talk a lot about hop and pop. Uh, the hop shooting technique. We got one of the best here, Kurt Gilsdorf, um, Clackamas uh, Community College out in Oregon, one of the best. And uh, he's going to kind of share with us how he's teaching it. All right. So coach, welcome to the podcast. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Good to be back. It's been a while since I've been on, but uh, yeah, I'm always, I'm always trying to catch out what you're doing. And, and I know you're a, you're a, a gung-ho guy that's always working to get better. So I always enjoy the conversations we have. Absolutely. I got so many of your resources. You're one of the best, man, providing resources for coaches, man. Thank um, you. So we appreciate that as a coaching profession. Hey, um, hey, before you get started, tell a little bit about the audience, about who you are and where you grew up and uh, how you got into the game. I know you're, uh, you've are you been in, involved in Oregon for a long time, man. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, you know, grew up in the state. Um you know, played sports growing up, was a, was one of those kids that, that couldn't wait to open up the sports page uh, the next morning. Uh, that that kind of dates me a little bit. I'm old, um, but I couldn't wait to do that. And so as I moved along and and participated, I, I went to college to play and, and had a little heart issue, so I never played. 
Um, but I think it kept a little fire to keep involved in things. Sometimes, you know, you play and then you're done and you move on. I think I always had this little fire burning to, to stay involved in sports somehow. And so ended up a, a volunteer coach in one spot and in my old high school. And next thing you know, I'm coaching and, and I ended up uh, at my alma mater for a couple of years, actually seven and uh, got, to, got to know Brad Smith and the guys at Oregon city. Mm-hmm. And if you're a girls basketball guy, you know, the Oregon city name and Brad Smith and, and he brought me on board and, and we had a good run there. We won some state championships. Um, really proud of that, that we won them over time. You know, it was, it was not just one team that won two or three in a row where you might see a, a great, uh, you know, because Brad had won 10 of them. So, I mean, it was just this amazing, amazing run of talent at Oregon City. And the, the state kind of caught up. And so I joined in 2003 and we won in, won in 04, 09, and 14 with completely different teams, different styles. And so... I always felt like that was something that, that I, I, I enjoyed and, and the, the different pieces to that. And so since then, I moved on to Clackamas Community College. It's another 30 seconds from where I'm teaching right now. So it's a, it was a logical move when I was ready to get out of high school. And I've had some, some success with a guy that I think is one of the very best coaches you probably never heard of, Jim Martineau. He's been there for 25 years. And the great part about this Northwest Conference that we're in is there are some coaches that have been around 25, 30 years. Dave Strickland, I believe, was on your podcast, I believe, uh, if oh, not. Yes, um, yes. Yeah. And he's been there forever. Um, so there's some really good coaches. So every night, every Wednesday and Saturday, it's a challenge. And I enjoy that. And I also get to, to be really close to home. So that's kind of my journey. And then I've, I've really tried to, in the last, I don't know, I started, I, I did a couple of videos for championship productions. And and I I'd always kind of wanted to do that. And when it, from there, it kind of took off. You talked about some of the stuff I've got up. I'm, I'm very primitive with my technology. So I, I post videos and I do like self-made videos. Yeah. My graphics, my graphics are terrible, but I try to make the content really good and, and applicable to coaches. So uh, I just, I, I got a little thing going with that and I've really loved it. I've loved the interaction. I, I think what it comes down to Kevin is I, I love teaching and whether it's the classroom right. that I'm in right now, the, the algebra one that I teach or whether it's the basketball. I, I love that aspect of the game of, of teaching it. And, and then the, the strategy of how to teach it a little bit better. And then the little, little pieces, you know, whether it's X's and O's or individual work or whatever. Yeah. And uh, that's a key point because uh, a lot of coaches get in it for the wrong reasons. Uh, if you get in it to be a teacher and impact kids, I think you're going to really help kids out. Your career has been interesting because um, you're such a junkie on helping other coaches. I, I, I guarantee you, your library is full of resources. I'm sure, Kurt. I'm sure, sure you're sure. always stealing from people. Why is right. that so important for you to kind of share the game? Well, again, I look back, and, and you know, there's the there's the the old movie Pay It Forward or whatever that was called. But but I, I feel like that there was so many guys that um, just let me sit with them, talk with them. Uh, meet with them after school. I, you know, I go back to Brad Smith, who I met in the late '90s before I even got to Oregon City. Just open door, come to practice. I'm like, wow, this is kind of cool. Um, Mark Neffendorf is another name in Oregon. If you knew yeah. him, brilliant, brilliant coach. Um, Interviewed him as well, coach. Yeah, he he had something that that I that still sticks with me. He always told me, he said, you know, have to have a vision of what you want it to look like in your head, whether it was a set play whether it was how your team interacted, whether it was how they were going to be on the bench, but, and then, and then really hold your team to that vision. And I've kind of always stuck that in my head. Cause you know, sometimes coaches will ask, you know, Hey, 
how do you get your kids to execute? You know, sometimes, because I think some of the teams we've had have, have executed pretty well. And, and to give credit mostly to the players, I've been very blessed to have good players uh, over the years. Um, but it, I think it's that attention to detail, having that vision of I've walked it through in my head. I've maybe walked it through on the court by myself. I've prepped to, to put something in or I've, I've, I've walked it through and now I'm ready. And that's, that's what I'm going to have it look like. I want it to look just like this. And again, we know the game's sloppy. But eventually, you still have the vision. You still have the vision of, let's say it's ball movement, three passes and an attack, you know, and it's not going to, you know, again, having that vision doesn't mean that, that, that I'm unhappy if it doesn't look just like that. But we're talking about just having a, a system, a belief, a, a vision of what you want it to look like. Yeah, and I know your head coach is so excited to have you there. I mean, I think you would be one of the best assistant coaches anywhere, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. Hey, do you find, you find it, and, and maybe don't take this question the wrong way because I know you could be a head coach at many high schools out there do you feel like you can share better or dive into the game more as an assistant um, or an associate head coach well you know we have a very unique unique relationship Jim and I you know we've known each other for a long time and I kind of run practice and kind of the planning of it we'll take different Mm -hmm. parts of it we'll share that piece I do a lot of the scouting and recruiting you know, he likes the game management piece. So it's very unique. It's this, it's this co-coaching thing that, that really works well for us. I, I think we're just, yeah. we were both in the point of our careers that, that it was just like, Hey, let's just do what works. And then, you know, your second follow-up there was, you know, the sharing piece. I do think that once you go to college, whether it's the, the little junior college that I'm at, I should say a little, cause we're, it's a great school. It was a top 20 in the country junior college just voted on recently. So I'll put that little plug in, but um <laughs> The reality of it is, 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 you know, I'm, I'm out watching games, high school games now with really no, Hey, I want that team to win. Cause that'll help us here. Right. I, you know, or I'm, I'm, you know, watching these guys cause I'm scouting them or, you know what I mean? I, that's all gone now. And, you know, I'll see coaches and, and just share. Cause again, going back to my, my point in the beginning was I, a lot of guys shared with me, you know, Brad Smith, Mark Neffendorf, uh, Fred Litzenberger. I still remember he was in Oregon and he's passed on now, but, he was at the U of O um, on the men's and women's sides. And I'll, I'll never forget sitting in his office for hours, just talking and having Luke Ridnour and Luke Jackson and Freddie Jones in the office, hmm. you know, we're watching film and I'm just some kid in the back watching in the back and listening to Fred. And, and Fred was so brilliant. He was one of those guys that like, if your foot was here, now it's supposed to be like a half an inch to the right kind of guy. <laughs> Technique. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And, and so you know, <laughs> all those pieces fit together to form your philosophy. Cause I, I think we all have to have that. We have to have these ideas that we, we take in for whether it's five years, 10 years, whatever. And then we, we come to like, know what we like. And now I'm at that point where I share, but I also am always looking for little teaching things. I think that's the biggest thing I look for now is maybe an easier way to teach something or something I already like, but done a little bit different, maybe better. Maybe somebody's doing it better. And, 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 and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, like I said, there's, there's only, there's only one greatest player of all time and, and, and greatest coach and, and the comparison game is no fun. So I try to just be the best version of myself I can and learning is, is so much fun. Yeah, it is. It is. And you're constantly growing as, as a coach, we appreciate everything you're giving to the game. Um, let's talk about shooting now. Okay. okay. And both of us, I, I have, and I'll show you some video of some of my former players okay. that are now, um, uh, you know, just, I, I taught them as an eighth grader. And uh-huh. now 
they don't know how to shoot anywhere, anyhow uh, else. And, and, and they're great hop shooters, but it took some time. Uh, we talked about Doc Shepler, talked yep. about Craig Campbell. That's yes. where I kind of learned the techniques, but, mm. but coach, they're, they both teach it a little bit differently. Uh, talk mm. about hop shooting, your philosophy, and where you kind of learn the ideas from. Right. It, it really starts with Doc, I think, and, and it kind of evolves from him getting to, we, we, when I was in Oregon City, I think maybe, maybe I've been, gosh, eight, 10 years ago now, we played Doc in a summer game in San Diego, and it was a great game. I think we ended up winning. We had a really good squad. He had a good squad. And I, I liked how his team played. And so we had a, a really good conversation afterwards and stayed in touch. And and I got to just come down and watch him teach. And what I found was is, is there was a, a, just brilliance in the, in the individual piece of the game. I think there's, there's nobody better than Doc Shepler on, on the right. women's side. Um, and so just watching him with the hop and, and what, as I started to see it and the rhythm of it, and, I, and, then it, and, and it started really getting my philosophy because I think I was, I was always a one-two shooter. And I really believed that good, good shooters had good rhythm. Well, watching Doc, it just it kind of like took that rhythm thing and just hammered at me with it, just like rhythm, rhythm, rhythm. Okay, so now let's look at the technique. How do we get better rhythm? Because if I'm going to believe rhythm is the thing, and before I was kind of trying to get ball in the air, feet in the air, one, two, shoot to be quicker. Now I'm watching the hop, and I'm like, okay, I really like the fact that on the women's game, it gets you better balance, I believe. Um, it gets you a little bit quicker. Um, there's a lot of positives there. Um, and it also allows that to play off the split sprint, which is the second piece to that. When the ball's in the air, feet in the air, if we have a closeout that, that we've read that we're not going to get our shot off, then the split sprint happens and it fits perfectly with the, the drive game. And, and we're 0.5 decision makers in our program. We're going to try to shoot it, uh, move it, or attack with it in 0.5. Now, granted, we're going to have a, two or three players on the roster or in any possession that have permission to let a, let a player cut through possibly and then attack or, or play a little ISO, but we don't want the ball to stick anywhere. So that kind of fits with that. And so as I went along with Doc, and, and it took me about probably three years ago, I committed to it and then kept going down. I took my daughter and one of our players down there who had kind of been very mechanical shooters, had some mechanical flaws, uh, were good players, but just needed a little help. And watched Doc put them through a workout. And what I noticed was, and this was another aha moment for coaches out there that go, well, gosh, how can I get hop shooting in in one season? How can I get that technique and what I've found, and, and I'm in a two-year window situation, that mm -hmm. even the kids that might be a little stubborn, and I stubborn is a word I'm using in a positive way. They're gonna they're 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 one-two shooters, they've been one-two shooters. And again, for me, as a, if I'm going right-handed, it's gonna be left right. We're not gonna we're gonna really avoid the right left step with a right-handed shooter. I believe that drags your shoulder down and and occasionally maybe from 15 feet in the end you can get away with it. But I think over time your percentages go down. Um, what I what I see is even in our one-two shooters, or even when the pass is a little bit off, where you have to one-two, because realize we can't always hop on a bad pass. We we can't hop into a pass. We have to reach, grab it, one-two. The the rhythm is just better. It it just is. And, and the process that I use is exactly taken from Doc. We start out without a ball, and we get against the wall, and and we're just. We're, we're doing three things and I'm emphasizing them all the time. We're trying to be really springy with our feet. You know, it's like a jump rope rather than a deep knee bend. So if you're out there listening to this, 
You know, we're not talking about a squat here. We're talking about a jump rope. And then we're going to sweep those feet forward. You know, the farther out we are, the more we might have to sweep them forward. Some kids are a little bit stronger and can get it there. Some kids, you really got to sweep that feet forward on the three-point shot. And then we're going to snap our wrists really, really hard and through the shot. And, you know, so we'll do that on air to start start every little shooting session. It might be at the beginning, might be at the, the semi-beginning of our practice. Because sometimes I have to get over a little bit later because the college is, again, a couple minutes away. And then we'll put a ball in our hands and we'll do 13 by 13 which is 13 feet away from the wall and 13 feet up. And we have tape on the wall at those heights. And what Doc taught me uh, in his gym, a uh, beautiful little gym in the back of his house, is that that's, that's how we get our arc dialed in. And it's not, a, it's not an arc shot. It's not a shot where we're trying to arc it and hit that point on the wall. It's straight to that point because that's the arc we want to get to. And if you ever have a, a, some kids that might shoot it too high or have that super high, because I remember being a coach that yelled, hey, get it higher. You're shooting it. It's too flat. It's too flat. And then you realize that's kind of a myth a little bit. Um, we talk about distance control. I'll have a player stand five feet away from a line. And what I'll do, and this is an interesting little trick to, to kind of teach them, is we'll have them, have them take the ball. And I tell them, try to land the ball on that line it's about six feet away might be the free throw line it might be just a, across the lane line coach from one lane line to the other right and um they'll they'll toss it and they'll toss it with a little bit of arc but they won't throw it way up in the air and i'll ask them well why didn't you throw it like 20 feet in the air and land it there if, if that's the way and then they say well i lose a little control when i you know so the point being that right. there's that perfect arc that has the perfect distance control so that's what the 13 by 13 does and then from there, we'll get side of the backboard. This is, again, straight from Doc, where we do our alignment stuff. Then the beauty of it starts happening. You get, you get them dialed in. That's kind of just their – it's their tune-up. It's, it's, the, it's the three problems in the math classroom. It's their warm-up. And now we're getting into, <laughs> into the, the nuts and bolts. And we'll go to foot fire shooting, you know, and there's, there's multiple ways you can do it. Typically, we'll partner them up, and we'll get those feet firing. And even the, again, coach, even if you're out there listening and you go, Hey, I, I don't know if I want to commit to, to hop shooting, the foot fire shooting will make your one, two shooters better. It, it will make them more rhythmic. It will make them quicker. So we'll foot fire from about 10 feet away, um, catch, shoot, catch, shoot, catch, shoot. And then we'll start building toward, you know, through the legs once. If you have a player that, that is very mechanical and doesn't, doesn't get a little bit of dip to it. We really like to, to dip the ball a little bit before we go up kind of all in one motion. You know, we'll go through the legs once, through the legs twice, uh, those kind of little things. Uh, you know, Doc showed me some other tricks, like you'll go scissors with your feet. Mm -hmm. You'll chop your feet scissors wise and then catch and shoot ball in the air, feet in the air. And then from there, that's how we'll teach all of our individual skills. We'll, we'll build off that to where now with your partner, you know, let's say it's you and I, Kevin, I throw it out to you. Uh, if my hand is down, it's a catch and shoot. If my hand goes up, it's a split sprint and you're working on right-handed goofy foot lands. And then we got to make four in a row and then we're going to go, you know, maybe we'll go inside hand. Maybe we'll go Rondo. Maybe we'll go two foot finishes. Any of those things, it just builds from there in a natural progression from our teaching of the hop. And again, it's it, to me, the beauty of the hop is the rhythm that players get with their feet in the air, when the ball is in the air, the catch and shoot. That piece and the quickness that they get from it is, is a benefit. Again, even if you're, you're looking at like, am I committed all the way to just hopping on everything? Cause for me, 
I know that in one or two years, if we got an outstanding player might be gone in one year. Um, I may not be able to get that kid off every single shot, hop it into their shot. But with the things that we've done, I've realized that the rhythm that we get, our ability to get the shot off quicker is a win, even on the times when we can't get into that perfect two foot hop. Absolutely coach. And, um, Hey, I want you to get right into, I, I think you, you, you have some drills here you'd like to share. Uh, yeah, wanna, I, I, yeah. 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 And, and let me see if I can, I can make sure that I can bring those up for you here. I was, it's funny. I've been working on a, on a, just putting all my individual stuff together. Um, mm -hmm. So I, it's, it's not all the way done, but it'll be something that we can show here. Yeah, for sure. And I'll uh, come down to the zoom here and I think, uh, do I have permission to share the screen? Yes, I Absolutely, do. Absolutely. So. There we go. So hopefully you'll be able to see this. You'll play. Does this show up, Coach, or do I need to it get does. it on I see YouTube? It. Okay. You're good. You're good. So and this is this is where we'll go. And this is just that on-air shooting that we do. Now, this kid in the film uh, is playing in Europe now. She was one of my old high school players, probably one of the very best shooters you'll see. So, um, you know, we this is how we start them. It's just right there, and I'll play that again just to – to get another six seconds of it, but we're 13 feet away. Uh, and a couple of key points in there, coaches, that you might wanna uh, think about on that is, and, and this is something that, that we talk about is, you know, a lot of times we hear the words 10 toes to the rim, okay? Mm -hmm. And then you start watching the Steph Curry's of the world and those guys, and they kind of have their toes slightly to the left. I think most of us out there have at least heard of that possibly. What I've kind of learned, and this is something I picked up from Doc and maybe Craig a little bit too, is is if, if your player is a through the face shooter where they're they're going right up, kind of like Bill Walton, kind of right up through the nose, up, up through the face. Right. Those are players that typically are okay being 10 toes to the rim. If you have a shooter, then a lot of our shooters now are a little bit off their right eyebrow or maybe a little bit off their left eyebrow. Uh, those players we typically encourage to be slightly left of the target. So it's a subtle little difference, but it's something that uh, has helped us a little bit. On the next one here, I'm going to try to go to the next slide. Um, can you see that? Okay, I just want to make sure. Yes, sir, I can see it. Okay. I got it. Um, here, here we're doing our 13 by 13. I got a, just a little bit different angle. And you can see that we're now putting a ball in our hand. And we're going ahead and we're hitting that target. You can see probably a little bit, that little blue tape we have up at 13 feet. Yeah. And we're 13 feet away. And that, that's something that, again, that, that's that sequence of on air, put a ball in their head. Now there'll be some variety here and I wanna go through a lot of things for you. So I won't stop and, and show you another one, but um, here we might have a player go through the legs once. We might have a player go through the legs twice, then shoot it. We might have them turn to their right, flip it to themselves, catch and shoot like, like you would in the game. So, so uh -huh. this is something when we get to the ball and the wall, 13 by 13. There's a lot of things you can do out of it. You can, you can have them throw a pistol pass, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And Kurt, one thing I got from Craig is we do what we call flip hop. So instead yep. of, well, we do it, we do it both ways, but I, I experimented yesterday with our, with our group and so forth. What is there any way better to flip hop or does it matter? Yeah, I don't think matter. I know. I think most of us, style. Most of us, when we did it, we would we would spin the ball to ourselves. Yeah. And, and I think over time, I've seen that the little toss to ourselves is a little more realistic when we're in that 
by myself mode when we don't have anybody to pass me the ball gotcha. and so forth. So that's kind of what I've come to. Let me get to the next slide here. Then now we'll go, let's just make sure we're on the right one. Here's some of that variety mm -hmm. you know, through the legs once where we're doing stuff. You know, you get a kid that, that, that maybe doesn't get that rhythm going. Now there's the flip turn. So I had Sierra kind of flip both ways. Um, this is the first time she'd ever done it. So you could see that she flipped it a little high to herself, but not <laughs> a big deal. Um, again, a, a terrific shooter. So it was really good. Um, you know, I, I, I have three terms that I like to use coach when I, when I do this kind of stuff. Um, we talk about you, you, you Jim Laranega had a, a great little thing. He talked about when he, when he taught new skills and he, he talked about, um, you know, demonstrating something and then the player imitates it and then they repeat it and then they, then you correct it. And then, then you, you repeat it again. And, and what I've kind of gone down to is, okay, the, you've taught a kid something. And I use the three terms where we're going to repeat it. We're going to get repetition. And then we're going to try to make it competitive competition, whether that's, you know, getting a partner and making shots. I know everybody's into decision-making now. I do think there's a value in some repetition, um, whether that's, you know, groups of three, kids shooting 10 at each spot, we're gonna go for two minutes, that kind of stuff. But I do think then you have to get competitive. So you've got your repetition, you've got your competition, and then I have a, a little dotted line that leads to intuition, meaning that we can intuitively make the right read. Um, and that's that's your ultimate goal again repetition competition into what we would hope would be an intuitive player that knows when to catch and shoot knows when to catch and drive knows when to catch and move I love and that I kinda, yeah, yeah I kind of base everything like here we're going to have Sierra do star shooting okay and again I, I think everybody's done some version of like this <laughs> and this is when you're by yourself in the yeah gym, by yourself so, yeah because we, a lot of times at the college in the preseason now, we only have kids at different schedules. We don't have our basketball schedule. Kids are still moving in. So we'll tell them, you know, um, uh, put your favorite song on and see if you can do this three times in your three minute song or because it's hard with a time without a clock on the wall and you're by yourself. But she, she got it done in about 30 seconds. And typically we'll do this in 30 seconds if we have a rebounder. But there's a kid that you could see as a hop shooter, played at Vanderbilt, finished her career yeah. at Gonzaga. And in order for her to compete at that highest level, she had to become a hop shooter. She had to. In, in high school with me, I had not yet become a hop shooter. We were, she was a one-two shooter, and probably the best shooter in our state, obviously played at Vanderbilt. But when she got to the SEC, had to speed up her shot as a five foot seven, five foot eight guard. Sure. in order to get her shot off so again you're thinking about the benefits of the hop the ability to get the ball off quickly is is a top three in that one along with me the the rhythm of it and the consistency of being able to play off the shot off the off the drive hey kurt uh the yep. start you know, by yourself uh -huh. is it just five shots or is it ten yeah you, you can do whatever you want. we i do yeah. it with five yeah. um you could do it with as many as you want you could do again i, I always think that some of the best drills we come up with are ones where we just make it up on our own. Um, For sure. I, I think if you could put a number on, especially in a kid by themselves in the gym, if they can put their favorite song on and make 25 threes in their favorite song and then put their next song on. Um, Cause you know, we, we got the speaker set up in there and then maybe finishing moves if they can get into 
to two or three different finishes that day. Um, and we could talk about those a little bit too. For sure. Um, is there anything else on the hop you wanted to hit on coach before we, we go on to some finishing stuff or do you want to keep focusing on that? Cause what are some techniques, um, you know, for, for pulling up, uh, and we, you know, we're a layup team, but I also teach the mid range as well. Uh -huh. Girls got to be able to do a mid range. Yep. What's your pull up technique? Anything, anything certain, especially you guys did? Yeah, I, I think we're really emphasizing the, the hop in the, in the, that hard pull up where two feet land on two, uh, jump off two. You know, really important to, to, to have that balance. Occasionally, sometimes we might into that like almost stride stoppish where it's boom, boom, left, right, where we're coming hard into it. Uh, anytime a right handed player is going to their left, we're going to tell them to hop into it. Uh, if we're coming from our left side to our right-handed drive to our strong hand, you might end up with a with a one-two that still gets us in decent rhythm. Okay. If I'm a righty and I'm driving left, I'm really, really encouraging and teaching the two-foot little baby floater. And again, the closer you get, you might even get into that, like I just called it, baby floater, where it's right. it's just that little flick. It's not a shot. It's It's soft and quick. Uh, you see a lot of the NBA guys do it, and Doc taught that quite a bit. And, and so we, we'll work on that. And again, for some players, and again, this is super important for coaches out there, is, is you're, not, you're not limiting your players by, by, by me saying this, but what I'm saying is if I've got a great shooter, I really am encouraging that. You, you've got to make that your bread and butter. You've got, to, you've got to get in those windows. You've got to get those open slots and play off that shot and then be ready to split sprint on the kid that's getting out on you. And, and if you've got a kid that has, a great ability to, 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 to go off one foot and shoot a floater. You're okay with it, but there's a lot of kids sometimes that don't. So I think to me, my point is that like encouraging kids to play to their strengths, to what they're really good at. doesn't mean like we're, we're not necessarily trying to, to take a weakness and make it better, but I'm going to, I'm more toward, I'm more of a guy that likes finds a strength and let's play off of it. And I'll use my twin daughters as an example. My, one of my twin daughters was a, was a lefty slasher, like driver, ended up playing uh, collegiately for four years. And she, she put on the bounce and, and just take a bump and take a bump again and, and get a shot off. And the other one um, was more of a catch and shoot three kid. So just teaching them, it's like, hey, when you get a chance to split sprint to the lefty, you're going to split sprint because even if they do a decent job on you, you can take a bump and, and get through the hip and, and at minimum get us a paint touch. Okay. And then the other one, if you can play off your shot, you're going to stretch the defense a little bit. They got to stay closer. And then number two, you're going to get your shot fake floater game that she was pretty good at. Um, and, and just, just helping your players understand what they're really good at, I think is a subtle art of coaching. And again, I'm not limiting. I'm not telling one of them don't ever shoot a three and I'm not telling the other one don't ever drive it, but, but playing to your strengths is, is just really important. Kirk, really quick, before you go over the finishing, talk about the yep. split sprint. So sure. everybody, I, I know, because, you know, I, I mean, that's what, you know, Doc and, and Craig teach, but but um, kind of go over that really quick, the value yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah. And I and I pick, I started picking up the split sprint a long, before the hop even, watching NBA games. Because you watch those guys that, as the, it, some people call it a go and catch, mm -hmm. uh, catch and go, if different terms I've heard for it. You know, the ball's in the air. Um, we have a defender either coming from a from a gap to get close to you or you can't shoot it or or they're coming out hard on you. They're not going to allow you to shoot it. 
just taking your feet and, and as your the ball is in the air, your feet are in the air and you're splitting with either your right foot forward or your left foot forward. And you want to be balanced. I think one of the biggest mistakes teams make or players make on that one is they get they get too far forward. It should be about a 50-50 with your feet on that. Because if you're too far forward, you're not able to push off that back foot into that acceleration. Does that make sense, coach? Yeah, sure does. You know, because if you're if you're all on your front foot, then your back foot isn't really because imagine yourself in a in a set of uh, blocks in a track. You're running the hundred meter dash, and you have your one foot back and your one foot forward, right? Well, your your one foot that that back foot is boom, it's it's pushing off, and that's kind of what happens with the split sprint is is you end up with with pushing off that back foot, and if you got to be 50-50 on it, but again, it ends up you almost look like a scissors. You're your split sprint, you're looking to attack that player that's too close, um, and, and you're trying to get a get a get to the rim or minimum paint touch. We're we're a big paint touch team. We want to make sure that we're we're charting those and getting 10, 12 of those per quarter um, in our offense. Yeah, as compared to catching and squaring, because all kids are taught, hey, catch and square, pivot, you know, it's it, and that's just a little bit slow. Um, I always teach my players to step with the inside foot. Mm -hmm. All right. So to attack and so forth on that, uh, right. but you gotta be, be able to have both pivot foots, right. Available. Right. Yep. Yep. And, and the, the beauty of the split sprint is at minimum, you're, 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 you're creating. Method entertainment offers a quality DJ service for your most important day. And for any day you just want to party. With high-quality DJs, Medlin Entertainment will keep your wedding or event moving and grooving. We get involved with our events and get the crowd started and keep them engaged. All DJs and MCs with Medlin Entertainment are more than willing to answer any questions, comments, or concerns that you may have. All sound and lighting equipment is top of the line, mainly Bose and Chave. You can contact Medlin Entertainment, LLC, at medlinentertainment at gmail.com, 678-451-7976, or on Facebook or Instagram, Medlin Entertainment, for your next party. Coaches, I'd like to welcome our new Championship Vision podcast sponsor. Huddle Assist. The best basketball coaches are relying on data more than ever. That's why coaches love Huddle Assist. With Assist, you get full game breakdowns, including complete team and player stats in less than 24 hours. Your stats are ready when you need them. And Assist is more than just the box score. Use interactive reports like shot charts and advanced stance like lineup data, VPS, and of course, effective field goal percentage to coach smarter. Plus, assist brings your stats to life. Every stat is marked on the video at the moment it happened. See every shot, turnover, rebound, and much more with just a few clicks. Want to see how Huddle Assist is elevating basketball? Visit huddle.com slash assist. That's huddle.com slash assist to learn more. Huddle will also be at the Legends at the Grove Clinic on September 12th at Walnut Grove High School in Loganville, Georgia.
Come stop by our table to chat and see what we have to offer. A play. You're, ma you're making something, you're, you're getting the ball, you're not holding it, it's not sticky. And we're generally trying, at minimum, drawing help. A, a huge win, obviously, is the land, but, but like an in between might be a, a paint touch, draw some help. Maybe it's a bluff for cover situation, but now you've put them in a little bit of, and the fancy term now is dominoes. You're starting to put them in dominoes where one guy's halfway over, the other guy's halfway over. Now the next drive is going to be the one. Um, and it, it's funny because I listen, when you listen to NBA guys, they always tell you, well, you can't drive a drive. You know, you, you like that's their, their terminology. Well, you, if somebody drives, somebody else can't drive right in. And well, me running dribble drive, we drive a drive all the time. Now, the question becomes, are our angles, what are we getting out of the first drive? Do we need to move it one time? Because, again, my dribble drive philosophy is swing, swing, attack. Two passes, then attack. If we get stuck, we're going to swing it. We're going to swing it again, then attack downhill. Because remember, Vance's original was, was attack, attack, skip, attack, attack, D-A-A-S-A. Right. So we've mod I've modified that just to my own um, personal uh, philosophy. Yeah, and I, I remember I still use your swing drill, man. So I just want to tell you, um, I should name it after you, Kurt. That's my bad. There you go. <laughs> uh, but you know, hey, um, I got so many of your your great drills. Uh, hey, let's go right into. You're going to talk about finishing next. Kurt? Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and again, this is still a work in progress. But I wanted to share um, what we'll teach. And again, reach lands. Um, we, we tell our kids coming in as as 18, 19 year old college kids. I'm not going to just sit there and do right-handed lands with you as a, as a, as a workout. I mean, I expect them to be able to make a right-handed land. We'll work on them. We'll do them. But, but to me, a reach land might be a little bit of the, the hand underneath the ball. Um, it, it's almost like a volleyball set. You know, it's, it's a lot of, a lot of our finishes are with the, the hand underneath the ball. And so we'll try to get them a little farther out. Um, we'll do long lands out of that um, where we're trying to get a little bit higher off the backboard uh, a little softer where that might be a little bit of an overhand, but we'll try to do, you know, get that out to about three and a half, four feet to, to be able to, to, to do some of those finishes you have to do when running dribble drive. Um, we call them goofy foot. Some coaches call them wrong foot, but it's just right hand, right foot, left hand, left foot. And mm -hmm. if they're, if the players are having trouble and here's, and here's a little side note, Kevin, if I was to go back to high school and start from scratch with a program, I would, I would completely revamp how I teach third, fourth, fifth grade footwork. Um, all the, all the little things that we insisted kids, you know, you, you have to go off the left foot on a right-handed land. I have to go off my right foot on a left-handed land. I, I feel so silly now looking back at how I taught it because I would just like, go quick. Let's figure out what happens. Let's go quick. You know, cause the best way to teach some of these things like the goofy foot or the inside hand when I'm because I, I work out a few high school kids on, on the side just to just to keep myself busy in the offseason and when they're struggling with these things if we get them to go quick and and because we've trained them so much in that way of I can only do a right-handed land with my left foot you know pushing up and right right knee to, to elbow mm -hmm. um, I, I think I think that that I would totally change how I I do everything to go to more just let them let them feel what it's like to to just lay it up there you know so uh, sidetrack over goofy foot. So those right hand, right foot, <laughs> left hand, left foot, sure. you know, the inside hand, which would be a left-handed 
shot on the right side and you can teach them a little bit to dip their shoulder if they're protecting. Sometimes it's just the quickest way to go. The rondo move is the is the fake with the inside hand. Uh, Doug Novak calls it a donut. Some coaches call it that donut. But we're going to show the inside hand laying and then pivot to the middle. I might have clips of Sierra doing that. I, I don't remember if it's going to be on here or not, but we'll go. Okay. The quick stop step throughs, which is your old school, just kind of, I think that's something you still got to have. I watch WNBA games and I see five or six of those every time I watch. You know, Sabrina had a clip, uh, you know, a jump stop step through against somebody not about two or three weeks ago. Reverse lands, and I don't really care what hand they use. I'll tell them, I'll tell them, hey, you can go, you know, if you're a righty, as you, as you go reverse it, you could do it with your right hand. You could make it, you could turn it into a left-handed hook. Uh, we'll also, you know, obviously go off two-foot power because I think a lot of the the, the game, too, too many one-footed shots can hurt your team a little bit when you get into that runner mode, especially if you're a team that likes to penetrate and pitch, um, the one foot shots can sometimes hurt your percentages. So we'll, we'll often have that in our adjustment list. You know, our first media timeout in that first quarter, like, Hey, let's get to our two foot stuff. Let's, let's finish on balance a little bit better. Cause it can be a shot that looks inviting, especially if you're running penetration game of some kind, dribble drive or whatever where, hey, it looks like I'm open and I'm, I'm going 800 miles an hour and I'm going off one foot and, and it's clanging off the backboard. Um, we'll, we'll adjust to get, we, we prefer two foot finish in that painted area. Mm. That doesn't mean we won't ever go off one. That we, had a, we had a two-time NWAC player of the year that had a great one-footed floater and we're going to let her shoot that every time. But there's other players that we really encourage to finish off two, you know, and then really getting them comfortable with their feet, with the fakes whether that's the Rondo fake or just a, just a get the two feet, fake it and step through in that paint. And worst case scenario in there, they kick it out and, and then they sprint out. And we, we live to play another play um, rather than a bad shot, which to me is a turnover. You're shooting a shot. That's probably a 20% shot. To me, that's, that's a turnover. It's like two missed free throws that just kill you. Yeah. Kurt. And I, I just want to give you an example. I have a player, big, strong guard, she struggles on fan. We were working on it yesterday. She she appears to be short arming a lot of things. Now it's in her head. It's almost right. like missing a three foot putt, you know, right. um, left hand or right hand. But she gets to the rim better than probably anybody in our league. Right. Um, what can I do to help her out? Well, what I would say first of all is is um, you know without having seen her, I, obviously there's that repetition piece. There's 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 maybe some technique things. You know, give her some confidence. Lots of the ball go through the net a bunch of times. You know, maybe break it down, start a little closer. But but also then that that two-foot piece is something that I would encourage her to look at also as, right. as you're getting in there. Cause I had a kid her freshman year that was it was ended up being honorable mention as her sophomore year, but was kind of really a, a more of a track kid than a basketball kid and could get to the rim maybe. And but the the one foot shot was was a low percentage. And we really encouraged two foot finishes, the rondos, the, 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 just, just two foot pivot shot, just almost, almost a two foot baby floater too. So that might be something to look at, you know, sometimes kids go through streaks, but, but, but I'm telling you, I, I I'm a huge believer in finishing off two um, right. to, to help the percentages. Uh, doesn't mean you can't go off one, but, but I think two foot can be a piece that helps that puzzle. I love that. And we, we are definitely trying to get her to, 
because uh, she gets to the rim so many times and gets hit. Yeah. Uh, well, last but, thing on that, Coach, that just popped into yeah. my head is, is we is there a, maybe a little bit of a long jump issue at the end? Does she kind of jump out, or does she get that good high? We we teach them to like the very finishes. We high jump. We want to we want to have that vision of a high jump, like in track, rather than a long jump. So right like, now, no, that's she's not high jumping. For matter of yeah. fact, that's what we're trying to get her to. I think yeah, she's sure. really thinking about it. this girl right. is fast. Yeah, and, but when she gets to the rim, she's thinking too much. Uh, yeah. because of, of miss layup so we're trying to get her out of that mode uh, yeah and i i think i think you know that that's pretty common the really fast kid that's going so fast that that her her margin for error is smaller than everybody else's because the ball's coming off i mean that's where maybe that emphasis on that that boom 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 and then high jump like really like yeah. like how because everybody has seen a track meet where a kid high jumps you know and they get that knee way up to their chest and they're you know, that high jump vision, if she can just get that a little, because there are always going to be those times, I think, when those fast players have to get it up because that's just the nature of how they play the game. But mm -hmm. to soften it up a little with a high jump, to soften it up a little with some two foot stuff might help her a little bit. I love it. All right. Uh, you got, you got some good video here. Or? Yeah. Let's see what we got. Yeah, here. Let's see, it. Let's see let's what see we it. got here. This is some slot finishing that we did. Now, again, I can't remember exactly. I was kind of just having Sierra do stuff after the end of our workouts. She was getting ready. Like I said, she came back from New Zealand and heading off to, to Finland. So here we got, we're going to go just to reach land. Now she could have done that a little farther out, but that's okay. Now we're going to touch and we're going inside hand. And now we're going to go through here. We're going to go Rondo. Mm -hmm. And some coaches call that donut. And then we're going to go back. We have them start getting cozy. We call that getting cozy with your feet. Just having them pivot an extra time, an extra time. I think kids feel like they have to shoot it off that pivot. I, I you know, again, minimum, we're going to, and then there's that reverse. So we got her through five or six different things there. I don't know if Love we got all yeah. of the ones on my list. We didn't, I don't think we had a goofy foot in there. But again, we'll finish from the slot. Then we might put them on the baseline. And here we're, we're emphasizing our, you know, our, our two foot power. We'll, we'll teach them to slide into that power shot. And then we might, I think we might have her do a reverse here off the baseline. We get a lot of that in our zone offense where we, we place a player in the short corner and we get there. Now we're going the other hand. So there could be some stuff. And I think, I think once you've defined what you're going to teach in your finishing, well, what your, what your finishing is like, you know, John Leonzo, uh, who's at, at uh, Wright State now, does a great job on his website with finishing stuff. They've kind of defined six things they're going to teach, the reach lands, the, the two-foot floor, whatever. And then from there, now, again, for me, it, that's where it comes into me. It's, it's, it's that repetition. And then, then we try to find ways to make it competitive competition, whether that's one-on-one, -on -one, guided one-on-one, -on -one, where you're giving them slight advantages, you know, to, to encourage the move. Uh, Doc does a good one where it's one-on-one-on-one -on -one -on -one, where the first defender kind of gets beat and then you have a guided defender down underneath that might be, mm -hmm. let's say you're working Eurostep that day. You know, you have that guided defender that's just going to hold and you're going to go up and do your Euro or you're going to do a jump stop step through. So I think I think once you've defined the finishing moves that you want, then, then you've got to figure out, you know, how they're going to get their reps. Like here I showed slot and then I showed um, – 
uh, from the baseline. You can do it from wherever, wherever it works in your offense. And then from there, hopefully they get intuitive with how they do it, that intuition that I like. And I'm, I don't know what my next one I had. Um, there's a weekend series. I'll show you this one. But on my website, on my website, let me turn the volume down here. I put on, and here she was supposed to finish there. Here, she's a lefty. So I just make them go through some weekend stuff. I think that's a great little one minute thing that you can do the beginning of your practice, the beginning of your ball handling. You could do it with four spots. I got six spots on this one. We teach the no gather that, that, that where we're just gonna go quick without gathering with our left hand. Um, because again, remember, when is the defense gonna come contest your shot? Well, that's as soon as you bring your hands together. So we'll, we'll do some no gather lands out of that. But um, if I can, I, I don't know if I have it on here. I think I might have it on my YouTube thing. Kurt, is that the put, same yeah. move? Maybe I missed it. Was that the same move for all six? Yeah, spots? she just was doing weekend work. I told her, hey, just okay, go through okay. weekend only. We, and you can dictate, hey, we're going to do weekend work and we're doing nothing but reverses today. Gotcha. You know, you, gotcha. you could, I'm not going to do this for a whole ton of time. Uh, I might do this for, for 90 seconds with, with three kids in a basket. And we're going to go the whole time. I think, I think managing your practice time is important. Um, but I wanted to, to, to get to that competitive piece relatively quickly. So what I'll do, and I think, Coach, I'm going to stop the share here. And I, I think right. I can bring this up real quick. Um, I'm going to share again here. Um, let's see. I apologize real quick. No, no, take your time, Coach. Uh, let's see. Um, you see in my, my website, my, my YouTube here? I do. I do. Yeah. And, and coaches, if, if you get on here, it's, I got KG basketball and then I've got TC women's basketball on there as a subtitle. Um, I've got some playlists that are good. And, and some of these things I wanted to show the um, it's under practice and individual drills, some slot drive one-on-one just to kind of illustrate what I talked about that, that next piece of, of, um, Corner drag 101. Let's see. Oh gosh, where would it be under? Let's see. Let's stop that here. And give me one second here, coach. Coach, do you try to do? I know, you know, Chris Oliver is all about always having defense, you know, in your workouts. What's your philosophy on um, no defense uh, or reps or or added added defender? What's what's your philosophy on that? Great question because I, I, I have four player workouts. Yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of my coaching buddies and I went through that conversation about two years ago when Chris was starting to get big in the podcast, and it's like, oh, this is cool, man. Oliver's got all, yeah. and and I think that the 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 feeling that he was insisting that everything had to do had to be five on five or one on one or two on two, and you and yeah. and and I think depending on your level, I I, I think. Um, my belief is there's a time and a place for teaching the one-on-oh, teaching a kid how to do a goofy foot land. Right. It's important. Um, then the good teachers have shortcuts to, to improve it. Like, like I'll lean on a kid a little bit to get them to be able to go right hand, right foot. It, it seems to make something click. Doc showed me that. You know, push right. on them a little bit, make them go quicker. Though It's like the hop shooting. At the beginning of the hop shooting thing, We'll, we'll tell them, go quicker, shoot it quicker, shoot it quicker, shoot it quicker. And they'll just naturally pick it up. They'll just start naturally shooting quicker and they'll be more hoppy. They'll be more springy. 
they'll sweep their feet forward and they'll get snappier. So there's these little shortcuts. So I, I do think there's a place for that teaching part. I think there's a place for guided defense, you know, small advantages. Um, on my YouTube thing, I'll try to see if I can get to it. Uh, some of the, the ones where the offense has a big advantage where we're just, we're like, hey, we're working on this move and, and you're going to do this. And, and, and then it's going to be go drills. I have a series of go drills. Um, I think there's, but then again, getting it to one-on-one, but, but the one-on-one to me, we don't, if I'm going to have kids play one-on-one in a workout, and I'd love four, but if you could get four, that's so good. Cause you can do the individual part coach. You can do the teaching part. You can do some guided stuff, you know, one-on-one on one-on-one where, where kids are getting small to big advantages. And yet they're, they're also watching their teammates. Cause I think there is a value in those workouts of, Hey, watch what Susie's doing or what, 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 what Cindy's doing to get by. Notice how she sure. veers into the kid. Notice how she, she fouls. We use the term foul them first. Okay. We, when we beat somebody, we want to get into them a little bit to take that small advantage and make it a big advantage. So there's little things that you can do there. Then obviously you could build up to some two on two and you can work actions like, all right, we're going to go a slot to slot pass. We're going to cut, then it's live. Or we're going to go ball right. screen if you're mixing up your guard. So there's that part to it. I, I was able to find that coach. Yeah. So here, here's one that um, I call and, and make sure that this shows up here. Can you see that? Yeah. I get, yeah. Okay. The video's not on yet, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Okay. For yeah. sure. This is me uh, down in California teaching slot drag one-on-one. So I'll go forward a little bit here. So now what we're doing out of two lines. Okay is we're working a drive to the slot, throw back, play live. So we've, we've built some things. Gotcha. We've built gotcha. our finishing. We've built our hop. Now we're in that phase two, the competition piece. Now they weren't quite sure what to do for sure. This is the very first time they've ever had it, but we've got two lines up top and the player runs a slot drive. We get a drag behind like we're taught, you know, in dribble drive, like in, in most, um, reaction penetration game, you're going to be the behind the drive. Some people call that taillights and headlights. So you got the taillight right here. And now if we're open, and again, here's a player that's one, two. And again, I hadn't even got to hop shooting with this group. This was a dribble drive clinic, but we're going to go ahead and let it fly. We've got space. And we'll play that from lots of different angles. We'll play that from the baseline. This one's from the slot. We're driving, come behind, catch and shoot. Now, if the player gets closer, then we're going to drive it and you're going to get some split sprints. Now, again, I, again, this was the very first time they did it. There's your slot drive. There's your drive right there. So again, there's a, there's a goofy foot finish. That's a really good one to look at. That girl's name is Amber. Really good player at Brentwood Academy. She's probably a division one kid. Mm -hmm. um, but, but here we have a D1 kid throwing it to a D1 kid. And we read that the defender got close. Now, again, she probably could have shot it, but we're going to split right. sprint and go. And now we're going to go quick and we're going to go goofy foot finish. So we'll do stuff like that from different angles. Um, I'm going to see if I can't pull out the corner drag one-on-one -on -one real quick. Yeah, I love that, Coach. It's great. Yeah, that's, that's um, let's see here. And we'll do and this for competitive too. reasons, Kurt. How do you how do you compete in that? Is it? Um... Oh, you could do lots of different things, Coach. I think the the best one is just like 
Uh, keep track of the, the, the buckets that you score. If you're in a group of four, now obviously that was a big group I was doing team teaching. If right. you've got groups of four, you might just say, you know, keep track of your points. Right. You know, yeah, we're going gonna to put yeah. two minutes on the clock. We're playing slot drag. I always like, I'd rather end something a little shorter than drag on too long now. I think right. 10 or 15 years ago, I would have said the opposite. I'm going to make this be the way I want it to be. <laughs> um, I think now I'm much more, um, um, like, hey, it's okay. We'll we'll get we'll get it tomorrow because the college season is so long. Yeah. Here's corner drag one on one. Can you see that, Coach? Yes, sir. Okay. So I'll try to get it to full screen so it looks good for people watching if they get it. So now we're doing that same thing from the corner. So we're going drive the baseline, get a paint touch, throw behind, catch and shoot, or catch and drive. So essentially the same drill slight to, to big advantage for the offense and we'll do that from you know different angles from from for dribble drive you get a lot of slot drives you get a lot of baseline drives you get a lot of of, of wing or corner to, to or like wing to wing to middle drives so we'll work all those angles that's that middle piece of that repetition competition leading to intuition i know i've said it 10 times but i'm just a huge believer in it i love that i love it good yeah um, and you answered my questions because we we do four player workouts. Um, we're not allowed to have any more of that. We get in trouble. Okay. But uh, I can have less than four. But okay. I always have four on, and it's it's so good because yep. you got one on one, two on two opportunities. You can do pretty much yep. all your actions. Uh, yep. But I love that. I love that drill right there. Yeah, that's what and we'll we do. We're, we're yeah. dribble drive as well. Yeah, we'll do hip to hip. You know where they start out hip to hip when the the kids dribbling. And then, and then when they go, the, the drill is live. We'll do what we call patty cake one-on-one mm -hmm. where we'll arc the three-point line and you and I are tossing it back and forth and you have to stay within an arm's length of me. And then I'm on offense. I'm on the outside of the three-point line. You're on the inside of it. And whenever I decide it's, it's time to go, I'm going to go. So that's, that's just a tiny advantage. So that's a really good one as you've built up because the reality of it is we're not always going to have big advantages. You know, we have to learn how to create those a little bit. And then a lot of our dribble ones, uh, you know, we'll try to create where let's say you and I are both on the elbows and I, I I'm going to get all these filmed because I think now that you got me all excited about this, I'm, <laughs> I'm pumped, but um, right. uh, we're, we're elbow to elbow. I have to dribble out and touch the sideline. You have to sprint across and touch the other elbow. And now we meet in the middle. I've got my live dribble you're trying to kind of contain a dribbler, prevent me from maybe a pull-up if I'm a good shooter or, or at minimum prevent yourself from getting back on your heel. So those are the one-on-one -on -one games I like to play. I'm, I'm not probably going to sit there at a, like go to the wing and, and here, check it up and let's go triple threat. Right. You, you know, um, that might be a small, tiny piece, but we're going to try to create games that, that simulate the drives and the decision and then also, if we're going to play, like just, hey, let's just, we're going to try to maybe play off the dribble, play off the catch like the patty cake. So it's, it's, it's as realistic as we can get it in, a, in that one-on-one, -on -one, two two-on-two context. I love it, Coach. Hey, before yep. you go, um, yep. always, I don't think coaches, and including myself, uh, we don't do enough handle, ball handling practice, dribble right. moves, right. things like that. How do you, and I know, uh, how do you maximize the get kick, if you're going to run this type of offense, you better have some good handles on that. Talk about that just a little bit before you go. 
Sure, sure. For me, I, I got to recruit ball handlers, number one. But number two, uh, back in <laughs> so high school, we, but, but we got to develop them too. You got to develop. You yeah. got to be a teacher. And so, you know, in our youth in high school, I think I think what I have, I have it kind of blocked out into, I, I try to limit the amount of time we're stationary because the game isn't stationary. Right. So in, in my stationary stuff, we'll try to maybe get to a wall and do quick hand touches, you know, boom, boom, touch, touch the wall, through the leg, touch the wall, touch the wall in between. So gotcha, gotcha. trying to develop some quickness and you can do that off through the legs. You can do that off simple, like, like just a kid learning how to dribble can cross over, touch the wall, cross over, touch the wall. So, so your third grade kids, you're just trying to develop a little quickness there. And, and you could do lots of stuff from that. You could do the big crosses. You could do the pounds and touch crossover, pound, pound, touch, whatever. And then, then the, the other stationary piece we'll do is we'll like, all right, we're going crossover through the legs behind the back. Uh, we're going 25 times. You got to do it in 30 seconds or less. Okay, go. So that might be the last day. I'm trying to make my stationary stuff pretty competitive and quickness developing. And then from there, we're going to get them moving. And now we might go, depending on the situation, if I'm in a gym with 30 kids, we might go side to side, you know, where we're, we're going through our crossovers, we're in and outs. Our, our, our stutter step goes, you know, our, our through the legs, maybe we throw in a behind the back. Um, I was always a, not a huge behind the back guy in high school. I thought that was always a leading to a turnover a little bit. We sure. do teach spin to score. So in, in some of our ball, what, 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 what I try to do in my individual stuff is I combine my ball handling with my finishing so that, that they're, you know, okay, we're going to do these two ball handles and then we're going to attack and then or I'm going to have some guided defense. You, you got to get the, 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 I do the, the two shoulder push, the Drew Hanlon stuff to try to get that forward. And then we also do the hip push where we're, we're partners and we're running side by side and I'm trying to bump you off a line and you've got to keep your dribble while I'm shoving you off that line. Um, you're trying to, to make it as realistic as you can. And I think that the, the moves that we use are, are typical, but again, I'm trying to make it as competitive as I can adjusting to my level of, of competence, what age group am I teaching? Where's my weakness? Um, you know, where can we develop some stuff and what can I teach this group? Is it something where I can add? I'm a, I, I love the Steve Nash move, the kind of that, it, it's the, the, the step side kind of in and out. It's like a, yeah, like an in and out with an extra slide step that, that we call the Nash that I've always liked to teach on day one for our guards. It's a great dribble drive move kids that don't master that well, at least we can get them to a stutter step, slow down a little bit, go. I think I think playing slow to fast is something you have to incorporate in all your ball handling. You might have a time where you blow the whistle and we're gonna go slow, fast. Um, there's a one-on-one game we do coach where we go, we call it slow to fast, where we walk side by side. Like you and I are maybe start out at the volleyball 10 foot line or maybe a little higher and we're just side by side and I'm just walking with my dribble and then when I decide to go, it becomes live. So right. you're kind of teaching, you know, change of pace. Because I think the, the the hardest players to guard in the game, in, in my eyes, are the kids that are that are constantly changing their pace. You know, your Steph Curry, who's who's kind of just wandering through the paint, and then all of a sudden, boom, he's um, he's yeah. sprinting to space, or maybe he set a screen and he held it, and then all of a sudden he's sprinting to that three point line, and his ability to get that shot off quickly makes it really hard to, to recover. Yeah, I love that, Coach. And and um, I mean, you got it. I mean, but, but let me let me add this real quick before you go. Sure. Is should you go 
Like I try to teach my crossovers tight. So stay within your box or uh, you don't want to get too far. A lot of people are going sweet crossovers. I just right. think that that's, I don't know. I just don't believe in that. Uh, I think your, your, your crossover, your, your, your change of hand moves should be tight within what I call the box. What's your philosophy on that? Yeah, it's a great question. And I've had players, you know, I go back to a state championship in 09. We had a terrific player um, who, who really had one of those kind of high wide ones, mm-hmm. you know, but, but her shoulders were so deceptive. She, she sold you to lean a little and then she'd bring it right back because right. the speed wasn't her advantage. Her advantage, she needed to get it a little wider to get your feet shifted a little bit more. Move you. Yeah. I, think, I think a faster kid probably needs to be a little tighter because their advantage is probably not the, the shiftiness. It's that speed of like, if I can just get them leaning a little bit, then I can go. Whereas, whereas my example, the first kid, it's like, she really needed to get it out a little wider because you had to see that ball outside her body so that you would shift defensively. Now, boom, but again, really an amazing quick handed kid who got it through quickly through the zone. So so again, I, I would say I, I lean toward your philosophy of, of keeping it tight, but I, I wouldn't tell a kid that had a pretty good big one mm-hmm. if you looked and go, hey, that kid's just not super fast. She might need that little extra you know, mustard on it. We might call it a little bit of hot sauce to get a kid to shift a little bit versus the kid, hey, if you just keep it tight and, and you're, you're pounding that ball on the ground and it's staying in your hand rather than floating out there in no man's land where you're going to get it tipped or picked or whatever, you know, the NBA, they just, they get them with that. You got to bounce it hard because anytime that ball's out of your hands, it's, it's susceptible. So, um, you know, they really teach them to pound it hard. And I was lucky enough to see, you know, Drew Hanlon work out a lot of NBA guys over the years, just in his gyms in Southern California and, you know, just getting that ball to the ground. So it's not getting poked away and it's in your hand as much as it could be. So, I would say that the, leaning toward your philosophy, but if I've got a kid that's pretty good at, at, at like, just because she needs to be a little shiftier, I'm right. not going to get in the way of that. Yeah. It's like kids uh, with pivot feet too. Some kids don't need to be yeah. using both pivot feet sometimes. It all, all depends on the skill level. So I, I totally agree with that. Kurt, Kurt, thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome. This is the perfect timing for Kurt Gelsdorf, skill development sessions, man. Nice. You got a great, tell us how we can get out and look at your YouTube channel, all the great resources that you have, because you got some great stuff out there. Sure, thanks. I'll, let me let me just bring up my uh, little presentation here real quick. I think they've got that uh, set up, but I'll just bring that up on the screen. Let's see here. Okay. Sorry about that, coach. There, I'll just do this one right here. And your newsletter you bring out, I get that all the time. You're doing a great job of that. Yeah, uh, it's just uh, my my YouTube channel is KG Basketball, and I'll just uh, just share real quick here. Go there, so you guys can see that. And then um, feel free to jump in and and, and subscribe there. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my email. Is, is pretty simple. It's just my first and last name. Maybe Kevin could put that email in the show notes. I will. That way that's an easy access. And if you want to join my uh, my newsletter, I, I call it newsletter. I'm Again, my tech savvy is really low. <laughs> so I, I my emails are as basic as they can be, but I'm just trying to share good info. Uh, I try to give one maybe a little philosophy tip each week and some X's and O's. 
and then let you know that that I have been going out and doing some consulting at some different places where I'll come in and do a dribble drive clinic for you or I'll 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 put in I did a, a defensive press clinic down at Corona Del Mar with that team and had fun for three days so that's a, that's something that you could think about too if you're a coach out there and I'm an old high school guy so I'm not I'm not trying to you know make a million dollars doing this I just like sharing I I, I found it it keeps me young keeps me fresh uh, keeps me looking for new ideas because I think the worst thing we can do is get in a rut and not not really seek new info even if even if we just dissect something and say you know what I like what I'm doing already. I, I I like where I'm at, but if I'm just going to be content with where I'm at, there's a difference there. I think between that, that looking for new info and seeking stuff and then saying, you know what, I still like what I'm doing versus ah, I'm just going to roll out the balls. I got my practice plan. It's, it's kind of like that old teacher joke where I have the same seating chart every year and the kids exactly. sitting right in front of me. He, he comes in the first day and says, my name's John. I said, Nope, this year you're going to be Jimmy because that's my, that's my seating chart. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my same seating chart. So um, I'm always looking for new stuff, and I love sharing. And there's a lot of smart guys, way smarter than me out there, that I love having conversations with that, that make me a better coach, and and ultimately help help me the, help the players that are on the floor with me every day. I know you've helped me, coach. I know you're helping a lot of coaches out there uh, in our right. country and so Wonderful. forth. We really appreciate what you do for the game, Kurt. Thank you for coming on, man. I appreciate you're it. Welcome. Um, I enjoyed it. I'll be keeping in. I'll be keeping in touch. Uh, by the way, what do you think of the video I had out on the um, on the double hop? That did you t have a chance to see it on Twitter? I haven't had a chance to see that yet. I think was it in an email or was it in your YouTube? What was it? Uh, it was on Twitter. Uh, take a okay. some feedback on it. I it's will. a little Craig Campbell drill. We're really trying to work on quick feet. You know, a quick ninety degree turn back in forward on that. I want you to get your feedback. Uh, Craig took a look at it and so forth. So. Um, trying to teach it, man. Just trying to grind it. I will. <laughs> and again, stick with it. It, it. And again, at minimum, your kids are going to have better rhythm. Right. So if you're out there thinking about hop shooting, maybe in year one, you, you really have gotten a couple kids that are that are 100 in. But even the other ones have better rhythm. They're more springy. Right. They're playing. They're playing better off the catch because the, a lot of the game is playing off the catch. Right. I, I think that's that's a neglected piece sometimes. So they're going to be better off the catch. They're going to know to shoot it, drive it, or move it, whether you're a .5 guy or not. Maybe you're going to let hold it and let the defense get shipped, whatever, or run in some motion and you're waiting for some screen to happen. You're still going to be better off the catch, just having done some of those techniques that, that, that incorporate the hop and catching in rhythm, being springy, sweeping your feet, and snapping your wrist. Kurt, man, sorry to bring that point. Uh, yeah, that's a great point. I was watching a workout the other day. I was working out myself and I was watching this guy train some kids and was like, it, it wasn't game realistic. Kids were just dribbling the ball and all of a sudden they make a dribble move. It was nothing off the cut, nothing off the catch. And I'm going, man, that's not game realistic. Kids got to learn how, I mean, they got to learn how to play off the catch like you were saying, but that's not being taught a lot in workouts. Uh, and I know I said you had to go, but I had to add that in. No worries. No worries. Um, so, uh, but um, all right, Kurt, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. You're welcome. It. And, Good uh, luck with everything. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate you it. Posted. See you, Take buddy. care. Dr. Dish Basketball is accelerating player performance with the most innovative game-like training solution available, allowing coaches and players to get better faster than ever before. By providing the most usable and advanced shooting machines,
on-demand workouts, multiplayer stat tracking, and instant analytics, Dr. Dish Basketball has become the preferred source for basketball training with progressive coaches and players. Listeners of the podcast or event attendees are eligible for exclusive discounts. Mention the Championship Vision Podcast to your sales rep when you call in. For more information, visit drdishbasketball.com or call 888-887-7453. Coaches, I'd like to introduce our new Championship Vision Podcast sponsor, Grip Spritz. Playing on Dusty Dirty has become normal to players at every level. The only answer was those peel-off sticky sheets. Players know they only work a few possessions. Coaches know they're incredibly expensive. The issue is they have adhesives. If you step on something sticky, your shoes become magnets to the dust and dirt on the court, so you're back every dead ball. Grip spritz remove the adhesives to allow the shoes to grip all game long with just one treatment. Our goal is to elongate the life of players' shoes, stop them from slipping no matter what type of court they're playing on, and save schools money from buying countless sticky sheets that just don't work. Go to gripspritz.net or on Twitter at grit slash spritz. Also, they will be at the Legends at the Grove Clinic. If you use the code LEGENDS, you will get a 10% discount. Go to their website now, Grip Spritz, the new innovative product you can't go without.